and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is The Pianist, directed by Roman Polanski, starring Adrian Brody and Thomas Kretschmann. My name is Cameron Tuttle, and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you doing? Good. I'm really glad we didn't watch The Piano again. I was a little worried when you sent the movie over to me. I know, right? I was yeah. like... Oh, no. It's always confusing when you when I say the piano, uh, you know, to the uninitiated, the you know who doesn't know Jane Campion, and they're like they're like, oh, you hated you hated that movie about <laughs> Polish Jews Come in on, the Warsaw Cameron. Ghetto. Cameron, Come on. what is wrong with you? <laughs> I'm like, no, I hate I hate that other movie, <laughs> <laughs> the one that no one believes exists. When I'm shouting above everyone in the party, yelling about the. <laughs> <laughs> outing yourself out is uh everyone now thinks you're a racist cameron yeah in the exactly. middle of the party that's, that's how it goes well goes. well i mean i know that we we mentioned we talked for a brief second i'm excited to get into the conversation about this one and we're kind of closing out war war movie month with this film right is that right cameron yeah that's that's right um we uh let the patrons take a vote and um, they wanted the pianist. We had a couple other ones in there. I wanted to do like maybe unconventional war movies or things that you wouldn't, um, not really unconventional, but uh, things that we maybe didn't get to cover uh, during our sort of mostly Vietnam heavy war war movie month. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, so I put this one in, I put uh, Braveheart, which I, you know, it's, it's about, um, Scotland and Britain, uh, during their various wars. Um, and you know, so, uh, this one came up on top and, um, I think it's a great addition to our discussion, particularly because, you know, obviously we did Saving Private Ryan, uh, the first month. Um, but when talking about World War II, obviously this is an extremely important segment of, of, you know, the motivation and, uh, many of the, Many of the things that you know our takeaways from World War II come from um, from this you know from the Holocaust. So it's important, I I think, to touch on at, at least if we're talking about this point of view, and even more so, this is one of a, a it's a great example of you know sort of a first person perspective in that side of things. Um, you know, it's someone who's who's in the Warsaw Ghetto, or you know, someone who's in the you know the um, d- during the oppression of of Nazism in in Poland. So, um, this was a a good choice. Good job, patrons. Yes, good job. Congratulations to you guys um, for picking something that wasn't torture. I, I'm just going to put that out there. You know. Well, I uh, mean. It's pretty painful. Some of it is oh, painful, yeah. but not not in a bad way, in a in a horrifying way. So. Yeah, I mean, I think we'll we'll get into it and like you know, yeah. sort of approaching watching a movie like this. Um, but Cameron, I want to ask you, what have you been watching lately besides this movie? Have you had time for anything? Yeah, um, I've been watching Stranger Things. Man, I uh, you would never really realize, but uh, the last episode is like uh, two hours and thirty minutes long. Uh, mm-hmm. apparently i don't know yeah. i haven't i haven't started it but i got up to the eighth episode um so after the one right after the season split or whatever oh yeah um and yeah i'm i'm loving it so far you know i i was it was funny because i guess this is sort of i i'll try to avoid spoilers um but you know if you don't want to hear anything about stranger things uh, skip forward um the the breaching of Nina yes. of the Nina project. Yes. Um where it's it's you know the the opening sequence of of Star Wars was was pretty yes. pretty spectacular. Um so I know they, what a, they had what a lot a, of fun with that. Yeah, they that entire scene I think I was telling Jules, I was like, I think this is probably my favorite action scene on TV that I've ever mm. seen. Um now I know that there are a lot of epic battles and and I mean maybe more drama filled like action bits, but the, the especially the way the scene concludes um, with the helicopter and stuff, like yeah, just what the heck? I rem- I was watching that and I was like, this is like amazing, you know. Yeah. Um, I do think that is kind of the peak of the season. The last two hour episode, two and a half hour episode, it's it's engaging, it's good. 
Um, but I do feel like that breach scene is like top tier. Like it's like yeah. worth the price of admission. And I feel and like it all kind of it all kind all the storylines kind of come together in a in a very magical way. Um, yeah, I I I really liked really liked that episode. That was a season or episode seven. Yes, of, yeah. uh, of the show. Yeah. Yes, it's called Papa. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Great. Great episode. I'm glad you're watching it, Cameron. I'm surprised that you actually took up my recommendation because I feel like for you, you know, being a movie expert, very well versed in cinematography and things like a show like Stranger Things is kind of an eye roll. It's almost like a Marvel recommendation in some sort of way. And so I was kind of glad that you that you jumped into it. Um, I don't know, because I, I do. I mean, I did really enjoy the first season of Stranger Things. Um you know, I was kind of unengaged when it came to seasons two and three. I just didn't really understand the relevance of those stories. And I felt like they didn't, I don't know. I, there was, there was something missing from, from those two seasons. But, um, with this one, I mean, a lot of people told me it was, it was just as good, if not better than, than the first season. So, you know, I, I'm happy to, to watch that. And me and Kiana were, I think we're looking for a show kind of intermittently, you know, when that came around. So it was a good, uh, good recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't really watched anything else up in since the last episode of the season. Um, and I know I talked about that last or a couple, a couple weeks ago. Um, so besides the pianist, nothing in, but well, hold on. Cause it's been a little bit cause we had 4th of July. Now I'm trying to think. Um, because I watched some stuff on the 4th of July or the day before the 3rd of July, <laughs> we were like just hanging out. Um, I mentioned this to you, Cameron, when I saw you the, the weekend before, but we watched some of pop star, which is, um, it's just, uh, a sleeper classic for me. It is. I don't know why it it's, um, I really like Andy Samberg, um, and the comedies he's in hot rod. I loved as a teenager. I still think it's really good. Um, pop star feels, you know, I don't think it's as tight as uh, hot rod, but it is definitely still, um, more, it has a lot to say, <laughs> I guess, kind of about like pop star culture, which I think is fun. And then, uh, the last, which we reviewed on the show, the last movie I watched with him in it was Palm Springs. And I love that movie. I think it's excellent. Much, yeah, very, much more serious, and again, the script got super tight again, and I felt like it was, it was a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Popstar. It's, it's definitely, um, it's a stupid movie, yeah, for sure, no, no, but no. it is, it is still very funny, um, and it has moments that I think, um, when you think about them, it's very clear that, <laughs> like, it, it was. You know, it was the the team that you know put it together, not you know, not the studio or anything else like that. It was yeah. very much a, a passion project. I mean, I just and and it's it it is sort of tied into the Lonely Island and that sort of brand of humor, yeah, uh, in a lot of ways. And um, you know, I I used to I used to really enjoy them, um, you know, and their their music videos were always hilarious. So to to have that kind of be integrated into the movie, um, you know who can who can say no <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of gags that i think about from that film it's like one of those movies yeah, where it's too. like you, you've watched it a couple times and then it just kind of haunts you in a weird way because you're like that's so dumb but i still think about <laughs> it like all the time you know like his uh there's like probably a less than 60 second moment of his guitar tech who's like into flatlining do you know what i'm talking about like mm -hmm. in, in that movie i think about that scene all the time where it's like <laughs> i get like what you know one to two f-line sessions in a week you know it's like what <laughs> the heck? why is that so memorable you know i don't know but uh yeah it's really dumb and inappropriate and i guess if you want to watch that you can you, so that's why i said i haven't been watching anything because uh, that was the last thing I visited besides this podcast. But uh, if you appreciate the show, first of all, thank you for listening. Um, we appreciate you taking the time to listen to the show. You can support us at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. Throw a couple dollars away. Get benefits like voting on the movies we get to watch and a bunch of other stuff. So you can check it out all there. Giving us a rating on iTunes helps. Telling friends and family. Sharing the show. All that stuff is good. 
Uh, we appreciate your support. We appreciate your time too, listening to the show. So thanks for the support. And Cameron, give us some intro into this movie. I mean, we, we kind of touched on it. I think, um, you know, if you know what the pianist is about, it's pretty straightforward, but maybe just give a rundown. Uh, yeah. So this, um, takes place uh, in, well, it starts in 1939 um, in the city of Warsaw, just as the uh, as the German invasion of Poland is happening. Um, and it follows a Polish musician um, whose name is Vl- Vladislav Spielman. Sorry, those Polish names are, are going to get me through this through this movie. Um, but he is a pianist um, with the Polish broadcast. Um, he's Jewish and, you know, it sort of starts off with, you know, following him and his family um, during sort of the very early stages of the, the Nazi occupation in Poland. Um, and as the movie goes along, it follows sort of his... Uh, struggle for survival um, and really, you know, his his will to get back to almost not not just life as normal, but uh, get back to, to life at all. Um, and so, you know, his it's a story of of, you know, his own exile um, and his own survival in sort of the very hectic and terrifying times, um, you know, that happened in, you know, the six years or so of of the war so um obviously with that it's a very um it's a very disturbing movie in a lot of ways it has a lot of very heavy heavy themes um and i would say especially given sort of the length and the brutality and maybe the unflinchingness of of the movie um it it is it's one that you have to go in with a certain mindset um and it's it's really not one that you can sort of casually watch or just put on or you know you you really do have to it's similar to Schindler's list in that way where you really do have to be um seeking out this experience and i do think that people should seek out the experience um but it's it's certainly a heavy one and not not one to be taken lightly so um, directed by Roman Polanski, obviously a very polarizing figure in the film industry, maybe now more than ever, but, um, you know, someone who is, we've talked about, uh, a little bit before, uh, he directed Rosemary's Baby and we reviewed that. Um, but his c- sort of connection to this story is much more personal, um, as, as he, he was a, um, Polish Jew who, uh, I think he was he was about five or six when uh, the occupation happened, and you know his um, his mom died, uh, was sent to Treblinka. Um, his father nearly nearly died in a in a work camp, um, and he was um, you know basically on the run uh, f- for many years of the war as you know basically a child. So um, he has a. I think he has a very realistic sense of what went on um, in this time, not just because he's, you know, a, a living example of it, but um, I think he has so many connections to that time period and sort of the the historical record that, it, it, you know, it's very easy to see where his own personal um, experience has sort of bled into the the fabric of the movie. As well as, um, you know, this is based on a true story and it's, it's based on a book. Um, so, uh, you know, one, one of the, I think, I think it's clear that, um, Polanski is taking a very naturalistic approach in, in this movie. He doesn't sort of shy away from things that are, um, brutal and devastating and probably, um, you know, he he doesn't try to um, glamorize a lot. Everything is very real as it probably was experienced. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of my very simple intro. Um, is there anything more plot wise that we should go over or um, what do you think? 
No, I mean, I think really the the thing that kind of interests me in this viewing was how the plot structures over sort of a long period of time and you get to watch the trickling loss of power by these people as they're occupied and certain rights are stripped away suddenly. You know, like, like it's, it's an approach that I don't think you see often in a war movie um, yeah. where it's usually like, we're going to pick up right here in the middle of the destruction or we're going to be in the countryside where they're not really affected and we're going to see what that's like. Or, you know, like usually it's like you walk in kind of halfway through and this movie has a unique um, method of sort of giving this linear journey, right? Um, yeah, so I... Overall, I think it's like pretty clear like what this movie is. And um I just I don't know. Um for me, I walked into it and I think the big thing you you mentioned was like expectation, right? I kind of knew what I was gonna get into with this movie. But I wasn't in the mindset to like watch something like super sad. I watched it extremely casually. And so I found like elements of this movie to be um, very like intriguing, like the way that it the whole story is set up or the story to be kind of fascinating. But I didn't really feel anything emotionally because I didn't walk in ready to feel. Do you know what I mean? I was kind of like, I got to put this movie on. I got to watch it for the show. And so I was watching it and I think that really hindered my ability to like connect with this movie. Um, so I think like, honestly, it's my own like personal fault that I don't have this big emotion about what I experienced with the film. I had like a couple notes where I was like, and, and one of the things you said is like very, I like, guess it's, it's a very um, understated kind of approach to the violence, which I found to be kind of strange when watching it casually. Um, there are certain scenes where like violence is committed, but it's not done in any sort of dramatic method. So when you're watching it kind of distantly, it almost plays like, I don't know, like this, this sounds terrible, but like when they throw the guy out the window with the wheelchair when I saw that, I was like, what the heck? Like, I, I honestly thought it was kind of funny, you know? And I know the scene isn't trying to be funny, but there's, do you know, do you know, like when they, when um, it's almost like it's so messed up that you start laughing, you know? Sure. Yeah, um, yeah. There, there was no like dramatic flair that I didn't really know how to respond in that scene, right? Um, I was like, I'm, I don't, I don't know what to think. And I start. I was like, why did I respond that way? Cause it's so random, you know, like it was, it, it felt so like strange to me that there wasn't more of some sort of like buildup. I was like, maybe that was just an interesting like thing, but the violence in this movie continues to be shot in a way that it's like, you're observing it from kind of far away. Right. I think about like the street shootout where, um, there's those guys up in the building and they're shooting at the, um, the Nazis down in the street, the whole, like you're never on the ground with these guys. You're never yeah. like in the action. You're like far, far away, like bird's eye view, like watching it all, like they're miniatures, you know? Um, and so I think this movie has like a really weird, um, I don't know. There's, there's something strange about it. And if you watch it casually, it hinders it. And I acknowledge that, like, I think, I watched it that way and I was like, that movie had more to it, but I almost didn't give it enough attention, you know? So I felt very kind of like, eh, about the movie. I don't think it's bad, but I think I watched it wrong, which is a very weird feeling about it. You know what I mean, you know what I mean Cameron? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think... Um... I think part of the distancing, or maybe not the distancing, but the dramatization of the violence um, is on purpose. Like if you had a, you know, if you had a sequence in this movie where you're sort of on the ground, you know, you're doing a Kubrick thing where, you know, or a, or a Steven Spielberg thing where you're sort of following the action or, you know, whatever else. Maybe it would be um, intense and it would sort of catch your eye and your emotion um, but at the same time, you know, I think he's very, he's being very 
true to the the perspective of the story where um you know he he was not in the action if that makes sense and and so all of his all of his sort of moments are are you know essentially helplessly um you know either wanting to be a a hero wanting to be a savior or um you know and being unable to do so or um sort of you know being fearful that you know something bad is going to happen to him so um i i do think the um i think the the sort of flatness and maybe um even um i guess like but it's it's a very cold movie in that it doesn't really it doesn't even really give you a chance to to um have moments of um connection that that you would want before you know these like dramatic connection before these characters die or you know you, you see you know them uh take off the parents and close the door and that's like the last that you see from them yeah um, yeah and, and it's not it's not because um there isn't you know narrative power in showing that in a much more dramatic way it's because the narrative really is structured around um you know his his story and his own desperation um in that he you know he doesn't he doesn't really get a chance to um say goodbye or to do anything um that's useful and and in in some ways i don't know if it's a criticism for me but um obviously cuz it's a it's a you know it's a real life story but i do believe i do think his character is is a very passive one um which i guess isn't really the movie's fault because or you know i i don't know like it's it's hard for me to to sort of parse this out because um his character throughout is um is stuck and that's really the point of the movie you know so it, to have it be an active character wouldn't even really make sense um the you know the one of the points of the movie is that there's so much um horror that's going on but he has to sort of do his mundane routine of carrying bricks up the stairs or you know putting putting things uh you know building this segment of the wall or something or you know uh portioning out his food so that he doesn't starve or whatever you know so it's like sure the the maybe the parts of the movie are i guess a little more mundane um but i do think the power of it really comes from um from watching this this sort of um you know casual um maybe casual back then but you know this sort of casual discrimination flow just seamlessly into um into something completely terrifying um so I, I mean that's I guess I I I understand what you mean, but I do think um, I think the violence is is maybe more horrifying because it's shot in such a um, matter of fact way. Um, yeah, I mean for me, I think it felt very distant, and because it's not supposed to be the focus, is kind of what I pulled away. I was like, okay, this stuff is happening. But really what you're supposed to be thinking about is how, like, you know, the pianist feels in this moment, right? Um, I just, I found that the intro of the film was the most emotional, like, kind of heartfelt side where the family characters are really, like, I found myself extremely empathetic to them and all this stuff happening and their family bond is really, like, strong. I think the scene with, like, the caramel is, like, amazing like to me i was like i'm pretty moved it's like the caramel scene was like one of the most moving scenes to me yeah uh yeah and they kind of subtract those characters away and they start doing this thing where they're like fading to black a lot and towards the end of the movie i was like okay this feels like they're trying to 
and I know this is, might be harsh, but I was like, it feels like they're trying to make sure that they get through this guy's life story. Um, and that wasn't the part that I was really connecting with too much. You know, I was, I was connecting with more of like the, like the human dread, but like camaraderie in it, you know, like that's what was really kind of like bringing me like, I was like, wow, like I feel like I'm kind of a part of this community for a second. I'm really, you know, curious to see what happens. And even when they're pulled away, the family's pulled away, like he starts to like kind of get the guns with the potatoes and things. I'm like, what's going to happen? You know, I'm kind of interested and it doesn't really go anywhere. Um, And he's kind of in that like survival state. And it almost feels not like it feels like a ton of time uh that last part right and i think that's intentional but also like watching it casually i'm like this is kind of just like let's you know let's let's get on with it a little bit you know um i'm not entirely sure where this is is going and i don't know like i don't i'm not entirely sure why it didn't resonate with me as much because even I know this is kind of a strange statement, but when they pull the characters away into the trains, like I was like, this is horrifying, but it almost, like it's so like grounded. There was a part of me that was like, shouldn't there be some more drama here? Shouldn't it like be ripping your heart out right now? You know, but it's not really, you know? I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't I think didn't, I agree with that. I, I, I didn't feel like I I got the drama that I was like hungry for, you know? Um, and I think it came back to the way that I was watching it too casually. Like I needed to like really sit down and focus. But I don't know. I just, I was like, I, I felt like this movie kept me at an arm's length the entire time. Um, and... That's fine because it feels more biopic esque, but I don't even like biopics. You know, like that. Like that's the other thing. It's like I don't, I don't want to watch a biopic. You know, um, so yeah, there there were things about this movie that I found kind of fresh in the way that it approached representing what happened in the Holocaust. I think it was uh, my favorite parts at the beginning of the movie to see that trickling of freedom be pulled away. And it's like, Oh my gosh, like what do you even do in this moment? And I think as I was buying into that feeling, I was like, I want to see some people fight or I want to see some people resist or I want to see something happen, you know? And it never, nothing comes together. And maybe that's just history, right? Which is depressing, but true. Right. Well, I Um, mean the resistance, obviously, you know, you you do see from from a distance um but you also see sort of the failure of of what happens there you know and when he's walking through um afterwards you know he 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 hides in the in the hospital and then i think he jumps the fence and that's that's the ghetto right um yeah and um you know so seeing that what it all leads to um you know how basically how it's it's too, it's too late um you know as much as a of a resistance as maybe there there could have been um you know it was it was too far gone at that point um so i i, I mean i think i think that's sort of the tragic um tale that that is this you know period of time you know there whether uh, and and I think one thing to consider too, Isaac, is I think an interesting part of this movie and why it it maybe makes sense to have it be not so dramatized um, is how calculating and um, uh, matter of fact the violence really was in. Um, Warsaw, you know, from the Nazis and so sort of their own, um, you know, it really was administrative violence. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it wasn't like they were sort of these, 
um you know they and and they they do show them sort of as uh some of them as as very brutal um but in a lot of cases the the murders were um you know and and what what took took place during the holocaust was extremely matter of fact um and, and it was it was very much a um an administrative um holocaust yeah, I, I, I think that was what really also was jarring for me watching this movie is that it, like when you think about the like the way they're lining up people and shooting them in the head, you know, there's not a ton of like dramatic flair in this movie. And so it's a very odd feeling when you're watching it because it's like, um, I'm used to the Tarantino Nazi, you know? <laughs> I'm used to, like, the foaming at the mouth. Like, See, this is why I, just... I think that 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 movie is not very good. No, 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 but but I, I'm just using that for... I'm not even talking but about I, I, I'm never, I've no, never I, seen the I, movie I, all I, the way through, Cameron. So I understand. I've never seen it. So. I understand what you're saying. I'm, I'm, I'm talking about, like, that, like, the villain that you love to hate, and in this movie, you're witnessing Nazis murdering people. And you're like, that is so wrong. And but there's like no dramatic flair to it. So it feels very what you're saying, right? Like administrative, like tactical almost. Um yeah. sterile murder. Yes. Right? Exactly. That's actually exactly what it is. Yeah. And it's it's like very odd to watch it. <laughs> you know, like, like but, that's but what I I'm think saying. That's, like, but I that's the real that's the real deal though. You know, and sure, I think that's sure. I think that's where Polanski's sort of maybe personal and um, uh, you know, it's sort of his own knowledge probably comes in there is that um, as someone who witnessed it and as someone who has I'm sure a, a community who you know who you grew up with who witnessed it too. I think he could he could probably really accurately display sort of the how the attitude of um you know the sort of um everyday SS member patrolling the you know the the Warsaw ghetto you know and and it was I I think you know I have you ever read the book um uh, ordinary men no. Um, it follows a police battalion, a German police battalion, as they are sort of, um, sort of in the beginning phases of, um, of the Holocaust, and it sort of goes from you know the reason why they, uh, they they started to use gas chambers was because the men, um, started to feel so sick about shooting people in, you know, in the back of the head, um, that this was, you know, it was just a more efficient way, um, to, to, to kill people. So, and, and it was, it was so, um, it was so, uh, tactical, as you said, and administrative that, um, you know, that was seen as sort of a more humane way to deal with, you know, what they saw as, as this problem. And so, you know, to see that, uh, at like, so as such a raw, um, it's not even really the focus of the movie in a lot of ways, but it really is an undercurrent of this movie, um, is sort of showing how, um, cold and probably distant a lot of, uh, you know, these, these people really were to, um, to the atrocities and, and in some ways, you know, the normalization, the further normalization of, um, violence and, um, and subjugation. Uh, so I, I think it's, I think it's powerful in that, although maybe not dramatically powerful, um, it, it's, it's explanatory purpose, I think is, is, um, really one to be uh, commended and thought about a lot. So, yeah, I guess, I mean, most of my, 
consideration for the Holocaust, obviously started in high school. We read a book called Night, right? Um, and I feel like that book moved me a lot more emotionally than this film did, right? Um, the book is utterly depressing. And I do think that this movie is depressing as well. How can it not be, right? I just... I don't know. I don't... I don't know. Like, when you read Night, there's so much human emotion, emotion that, like, fuels the drama. And in this movie, you're witnessing it from the perspective of the pianist, but you're not able to really hear that inner monologue, you know? And it's not like I want monologuing. It's more portrayed with, like, stares and acting and things like that, right? Like, he, you, you'll you get how he's feeling because of the way that he carries himself towards the end of the movie. But it doesn't, like, compared to some of the other, like, content that I've consumed around the Holocaust, like, there's a side of me that's like, there, sh <sighs> like, shouldn't it have some fire in it? You know, like, shouldn't it have that like raging emotion? You know, and I do think that this movie has moments like that. Like, I'm not saying that it's devoid of that. I'm just like, I don't know why it didn't click with me as much and i'm not even saying i dislike the movie because i i do there are things i really appreciate about about this film i just didn't expect to witness it almost as like a reenactment like it almost feels like very um very like documentary style ish um and i know that it's not but it does still feel very like a textbook representation. You know, like, to me, this movie feels like, you know, it could have been a chapter of a textbook talking about, like, the systematic experience, you know, in the ghetto. And then you read a book like Night, and it's just, like, fueled with, like, human rage, depression, emotion. Like, that's a lot of, like, what I feel like going through that would be more filled with. Do you know what I mean? So I, I'm I'm kind of split on this film because it is supposed to be, you know, this personal guy's story, but it feels very much like, almost like you're witnessing it with a realism that is so neutral, you know, in, in some regard, right? And obviously not saying that anything, not, not saying neutral in terms of morality, but it feels very like flat, right? Um, do you, do you know what I'm saying, Cameron? Do you, can, can you see I how know. I was getting to this? Um, uh, di I mean, distantly, but I, I, I don't know that I, um, understand what you mean about sort of the, the rage element or the, um, like, I, I don't know, because in, in my mind, this character that we've seen sort of, um, throughout the movie i mean he he is um he's portrayed as as a in a lot of ways a romantic um and an optimist um and 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 he has a sense to him through you know the early part of the movie where um you know he he's sort of going through and he's like it you know it's fine like you know don't get in trouble on my behalf you know it's it's fine you you don't have to go in there and talk to um you know the cafe owner or whatever we'll we'll just we'll stand and we'll we'll talk you know we'll um you know we'll do the best that we can and and his character and i think that's why like the family sequences are really interesting because everybody um you know being as fleshed out as they are and and i do think the um, that sequence has the most, uh, like character development and sort of, um, interest around that I, I think is really fleshed out. Um, but you know, throughout that he's portrayed as someone who, you know, while in an extremely hard 
situation wants to do what he's passionate about. Um, and he, he doesn't want to, um, you know, like, I don't know. He, he like is portrayed as such an optimist. And so to have that sequence in, you know, in the very end of the movie, basically where the German officer, he, you know, he says, um, you know, what are you going to do after all this is done? And he says, I'm going to, I'm going to play the piano on the Polish radio station, you know, to have him go through that and still want to do exactly what he was always so passionate about. I think there is a lot of, um, I mean, it's, it's definitely subtle, uh, but there, there is a lot of human emotion in that, in that moment. And it, it might not be the fiery rage that you're looking for maybe, but, um, it's certainly, it's certainly passionate and I think very romantic in sort of what it's trying to, to display. Um, and in some ways it's, it's even maybe more amazing that he wants to do, you know, what he's passionate about after so seeing so much and after being, um, you know, destroyed so much, like you, you might expect him to be, um, you know, be the person at, you know, uh, you see the guy who's sort of yelling, hurling insults at the POWs, um, uh, after they get out of, out of the work camp and, um, you know, you, you maybe expect him to be like that. Um, but his, what he brings in, you know, those later moments when he comes back, he's, he's wanting to, um, he's wanting to thank the, the man who saved him, you know, regardless of what he, you know, what he did before. And so like, I think, I think there is a lot of beauty in that poetic beauty in that. Um, but it's not, it's not on the surface, you know what I mean? It's not right there for you to, to grab it. I think it takes maybe some, um, some examination because I, I do think the sort of the dramatic arc of the movie is, um, I, I, I mean, I do think the sort of that ending segment, um, where you see less and less people and he sort of interacts with people much less. Um, it's a harder part to, to sit through, not just because of, you know, what's going on, but I think, I think the movie, um, intentionally wants you to feel very, uh, nervous for his survival, but also, um, like, like it's, you know, essentially apocalyptic basically, you know, so, it, so it turns from being sort of a family drama about them, um, you know, working through struggle or them, you know, f finding sort of comfort in what they can to a, an, an apocalyptic movie by the end. Um, hmm. and so it's not sure it's, it's definitely hard to sort of, um, come from something that is so maybe dr uh, dramatically rich or has so much, you know, character and relationship, um, to something that is much more, uh, it's like a survival movie by the end, you know, it, it really has the sense that it's, it's taking you through this very harsh, um, landscape, um, and so, so I do get, I do get that in some sense. Um, not to say that that's even a weak part of the movie, because I think, I think there's a lot of power in that part. But I think, I do think the just juxtaposition, or I don't know, the transition from from those two, um, is beautiful and is the best part of the movie. But at the same time, it leaves you wanting some of the human interaction by the end, if that makes sense. So. Yeah, and I think that's why I wanted to start this conversation with, you know, what you were talking about, about, like, being prepared, like, to walk into this film. Because I do think you can, 
that like your synopsis of like its conclusion and things like that, Cameron, I'm like, yeah, like I can totally see how you get there. I understand what you're saying. I understood the film. I watched it, right? But I didn't, I wasn't like feeling it emotionally. So I couldn't like dig my teeth into what you're talking about, about like, isn't it beautiful how it concludes with him still playing piano, right? I'm sitting there watching the end piano scene, like, shouldn't it, like, <laughs> we, what did we just witness, people? Like, we're just going to go back to playing the piano right now, you know? Like, this is not, like, to me, I, I think I watched it too casually to even pick up on it, right? Where I was like, okay, we went through all this horrific stuff, now we're playing the piano. It's a touching moment, you know, he survived. But I was like, shouldn't we have a little bit more of like, that's terrible. Like, you know, shouldn't we have a little bit more raging injustice? That's how I felt, right? Like this is a horrific moment in history. And I wanted to feel more of that injustice, but instead it's like, he's back to playing the piano. And I don't disagree with what you're, what, how you read into it, Cameron, because I think you're right. I think that's what the movie is trying to say. I'm just, I wasn't attentive enough to get that, right? Um, I found myself uh, investing in aspects of this movie that were then taken away from me and not knowing exactly where I was supposed to re-engage. Um, and I think, you know, our podcast is kind of about a casual watching it, but I still am also aware that I shot myself in the foot watching it casually. I don't know what I was thinking, also, it's like, going to sit down and watch this Holocaust movie. Here we go, you know. Um, <laughs> but that's how I watched it, which is stupid, you know. I was like, I'm going to watch this. Uh, I think I watched it like on a Thursday night or something. I was like, hey, I was with Jules. I'm like, hey, I got to watch this movie. I'm going to sit here and just take it in. And I think, you know, it just wasn't the right environment. I should have watched it alone late at night and just been fully like dialed in for it you know yeah um, yeah well it definitely i mean it's a it's a hard movie i would say to um to watch and to want to watch but at the same time i mean i do think um it's a very accessible movie in a lot of ways and i i think it following... is not cameron it is not i had to dig around to find oh, where to oh, rent this movie well accessible uh, <laughs> i mean i'm i don't mean it that way it's on google play by the way you know you can you can watch well, it it's rentable on google play but um, okay everybody it is not on prime cameron, right now which it's I... rentable on google play cameron yeah. wants you to know you can rent it from google play <laughs> all of you watch your movies on google play so that will be real easy to do right well, I don't know. I mean, just, <laughs> no, right. who watches movies on Google Play, Cameron? I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, it's not it's not impossible to watch. I like, would say you could rent it on Voodoo. That's what I did. Okay, a, yeah, that's a little bit Voodoo. more accessible. Right? Then Google Play. People don't use Google. <laughs> I don't even know how to pull Google Play up on my TV. Where do I even start with that, Cameron? Well, um, I don't know. Mine just came up. <laughs> I don't know what wow. to tell you. Mine well, just has a thing that's. I got to get a just, nicer TV, man. I, apparently, I got like I you know, know, I guess that peasant stuff. Like you got that Netflix, Roku, <laughs> you know. Uh, well, anyways, Amazon. okay. Part of the reason why it's maybe not as accessible as other movies is probably because of Polanski as a director. I feel like you know that that probably holds holds part of it. But that that's not what I mean. I don't mean accessible as in to purchase or to rent. Um, but I do mean, uh, it, I think structurally the movie, um, is very easy to follow and compelling throughout. I don't think there's that many moments that are, um, you know, really slow, even the moments that where he's sort of hiding out. I think there's, there's good bits of, of tension and, you know, him getting sick and him, you know, not, you know sort of struggling to survive i think that's a good story you know in itself but certainly the first um hour and a half of the movie is is really really um powerful in that it has sort of a 
dramatic arc that you're witnessing, sort of the slow descent or maybe mm. not so slow descent into, um, you know, subjugation. But you're also yeah. witnessing this family who's who's sort of um, struggling to deal with it within themselves and uh, within their own dynamic. So I think that's what I mean by accessible. I think it is watchable. It it just takes no, I a agree. little bit of maybe mind space and sort of getting yourself prepared to watch a movie like this. But but it, it definitely has a structure that is um very um uh very easy to follow and punchy in that way. And and even as we're saying it's distant and sort of it has sort of a layer to it that is a little bit distant. Um I think it's it's really um you know the perspective is very easy to understand and sort of you 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 can follow that from um his own sort of first person view basically yeah um, yeah i mean i like i think the beginning of this movie is incredible mm-hmm. like i i think it's like the my favorite part of it i agree um yeah. i i i was so invested in it i think the and and you mentioned polanski being a blocker right I got to say, when the credits rolled on this movie, I was like kind of mad it was directed by Polanski because I was like, I want the only other movie I have for context is Rosemary's Baby, right? I was like, you're going to tell me the guy that made me my gut twist watching this wacky, weird like (laughs) movie. Like there's more to me. I was like, there's more emotional trauma in Rosemary's Baby than a movie about the Holocaust. I'm like, what is going on here? You know, like I'm like, I've seen polanski deliver something that made my gut twist and also stick with me in a weird way and also make me upset you know and i was like i don't like that you know and so uh, i'm going into a holocaust movie and i'm like great this is gonna just be just brutal i i'm like i'm like i just know that this is gonna rip rip my guts out somehow and instead it's this like arm's length you know kind of witness of events so i guess it's impressive if you're like oh you know what a prolific director that he can show so many different things he has he has such an ability to do these different things. i don't give a crap about that you know i was like you're telling me that he gave me more emotion about this like demon baby <laughs> and then you know now he's gonna make a movie about something very serious and it's going to be like flatlined a little bit, you know? Of course, I'm exaggerating. But do you know what I mean, Cameron? I'm like, oh, <laughs> something that just isn't like, I just wanted, I wanted to feel it more, you know? Um, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess. I, and, and, I, and, I, and I'm I, raising my hand. This could be, this could be a me problem. Actually, I probably know it is a well, me problem. Well, look, you know? here's, here's the thing. I think there's, there's two different ways to do this, right? To to tell this story, one is the the Steven Spielberg way, which he did. It's it's called Schindler's List, um, which is basically exactly what you want. Um, it is. I know, I know, I know. I'd never seen that movie. I know it's going to be what I wanted to see. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. But but I think this way um, is just as powerful. Maybe not sort of emotionally. Um, but I definitely think that they're, I mean, you gotta, you gotta admit they, they, there are moments of this movie where it is not only gut twisting, but it also makes you sort of extremely disturbed at how nonchalant things are. And I think that's probably what's, what's most, um, important about the movie, I guess, is, um, things are done with such brutality and people don't even really, it's not that they don't care, but there's nothing to be done. You know, there's such a, um, there's such a, or maybe an acceptance of, of what's, what's happening to them. Um, you know, and I think that's, I think that's extremely powerful as well. Like I, and I, I think the characters that you see, are so real and and have such a 
deep level of construction that everybody feels even uh, this is I was going to talk about this actually was one of my favorite characters was the um, he, he only gets a couple uh, scenes, but the police officer um, mm. who you know, is basically, you know, a patsy essentially, who's, you know, yeah. he's a Jewish uh, police officer working for the Nazis. Um, that was, that was, that's a horrifying element in this movie. Like, yeah, it's just something I hadn't considered at all. You know, I actually, I'd never even thought about it historically. And because it's based on a true story, I'm like, I'm just going to take this and realize that this happened and I'd never even thought about it, but it's disgusting, you know? Yeah. Well, and it, but it's, it's also, you know, why he's one of my favorite characters is like, you, you can understand like Mm. why he's doing what he's doing. You know, he, he is, he is definitely, um, scum, but he, he's also completely understandable. And maybe, yeah. you know, you would even do the same thing. And and so, like, that sort of realization of him being like, I'm in this because I'm trying to do what, what I can. You know, I'm trying mm. to save myself. And I don't enjoy this. I don't want to do this. But this is what I have to do to survive, basically. Um, I think that element of, of it is is really powerful. And so, like... Yeah, his his whole story and sort of him pulling out um, the pianist and in in the line of you know going into the trains, it's like wow. There's a lot of depth to even just as subtle of a moment as as that. Um, so yeah, so I I mean I I think the you know you when we watch Schindler's List. Um, we will go through and maybe should we watch Schindler's List next week? Oh gosh! <laughs> or do you want to not do any Holocaust movies? For I think while? we've I think we've watched enough. I mean, the, I gotta say the Q two of this podcast has been ripe with depression. You know, That's we true. Got a lot of Kubrick, a lot of war. Not that it's been completely unenjoyable because there's been there's been some gems in all of it. Um, so less depressing, the, you're saying. <laughs> Yeah, let's get to, let's get into some summer stuff, Cameron. Summer I think stuff. It's time, you know. <laughs> summer like, stuff. Uh, okay. It's a good summer movie, Cameron. Well, what do we think Cameron. about revisiting sci-fi? Whew, I don't know. Feels hmm, feels interesting. I I'm not sure. I'm not sure about it. Well, I'll have to think about it. I um Juzo also said that he um he wants he wants a a New York month, and he has um, sort of four movies that he he thought about that for a New York month, which I do I do think, um, I think that's a pretty good idea though. I I kind of want to dig into his list a little bit because I think um, yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that, but I don't know. I I'm I'm not sure necessarily where we're going next. I know we're kind of off the month train so maybe we'll do some resetting yeah well maybe we'll do a couple movies that are sort of non-themed for the next couple of weeks Um, yeah and also cameron i am gonna be gone for a little bit too okay sure um maybe we'll have to recruit juzo or tim i'm supposed to see tim on on wednesday so i can talk to him about that too yeah um yeah we could definitely do that because i yeah i think that would give us a chance to maybe cover um maybe we could i don't know do i want to talk about top gun i guess not really um not that much to say other than it's awesome so uh but yeah i don't know well well i'll i'll think about it but you know you know what juzu would like what yeah there's a lot of animated movies that come out in the summer cameron that might not be light year no, 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 no. I'm not talking about modern, but like... Oh, you mean what Tim would like, which which is Minions. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about modern, Cameron. Oh, I'm okay. saying like... <laughs> I, 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 it would be neat to do like, I guess, maybe some of the like more highly considered animated films. Because now it's such a like a summer staple, right? To have an animated movie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Movies. Um, 
So yeah, we could probably talk about some animation. I don't know because I that's like not really an area of expertise for me. Um, obviously, I've seen plenty of animated movies, but I I do feel like I'm probably missing some. Maybe. Ooh, you know what would be interesting is uh, something like Who Framed Roger Rabbit or like maybe an older yeah. animated movie. Um, so yeah, like I've never seen anything like that. So yeah, all right, um, well, things to consider. Just something, something to consider. I guess we should probably wrap up our th- our final thoughts on the pianist, Cameron. Um, it's a great movie. Um, I'm surprised that I hadn't seen it until today, but um, it's. I mean, everybody says everybody has a very high praise for it. So, and I I agree. It it did win Best Picture in two thousand two, um, which you know obviously should have gone to Attack of the Clones. But um, no, nah, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, where's that in war movie? Or was that uh, was that uh, two thousand three? No, it was two thousand two. No, no. Um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, no, I, I <laughs> yeah, I I do think that this movie is fantastic. I do think it's excellent. I think sometimes you watch a movie in the wrong space. And that is what happened to me with this film. So yeah. I apologize to the audience, but I do think it still resulted in an interesting conversation, Cameron. No, I do too. Um, and I, I, I wouldn't say even though, you know, obviously your first viewing is your first viewing. So yeah, y- you get that impression just based on sort of what, you know, whether or not you are in the right headspace. I mean, this is something that me and Juzo talk about all the time. It's like you watch movies and sometimes like something is off and then you go back and you watch it again. And you're like, wow, I, I really didn't even understand that movie that much, you know? Um, yeah. Or like, or like you go in and the theater is like too cold and there's a guy who's like coughing in front of you or something. And you're like, man, this is terrible. I can't even concentrate. Um, right. Or even like a movie that you're really excited about. Um, and you watch the trailer over and over again, and then like that's all you can think about is like the things that you've seen already, you know? <laughs> right. So it's like so like there's there's definitely elements to watching a movie that, um, you know, it can't always be perfect, but that is like your first impression of the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so like it's hard to it's hard to discount that. And I think you're I think you're right in that you observed that this movie is very distancing intentionally but it didn't connect with you like that you know and so so i think i think that's you know that's perfectly valid and that's like that was your experience watching it the first time Mm -hmm. so um so you know no i wouldn't say you know you need to apologize or anything like that you know it's like it's it's just i I just it's just i know i know another viewing is gonna benefit me with this film i think so too i think that is probably true for me as well. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think, you know, I'd like to revisit it later on. I, and even saying that, like, I probably rushed into this movie, you know, because I needed to get it done for the podcast too. You know, and so like there's elements of trade-offs of doing a show like this or even mm-hmm. I think like doing, um, sorry, I, I feel like I'm being long, long-winded right now, but, watching a movie for class is like a perfect example of this where it's like, it's like, okay, you know, I got to sit down and I got to watch this movie or I got to be here at a certain time. And then we watch this movie and like, it's never the right experience. You know what I mean? It it really never is what, what you should be doing, which is, you know, going and, and in some ways it really is the act of sort of going to the theater sitting down, you know, being prepped for, for a movie like this or whatever, you know, or like, when do you go see movies, um, in real life, Isaac? I don't know. Like weekends <laughs> or like Friday or something like after work uh, or whatever. Yeah. It just depends. It just depends. Usually. I don't know. I don't have like a set time. I just, it's usually like, oh, I should go see that and I have a free evening and I'm like, okay. Right, let's just... right, exactly. So it's like, like I think that probably is, I don't want to say like intended, but I think that probably is the way that you're supposed to sort of sit down and watch a movie in this way. It's like, a, you know, you hear something good about a movie, you have a free, you know, evening, but you're completely locked in 
and you know yeah. you're in the theaters and there's sort of this no no distractions around you and you're sort of really ready to um to experience it so yeah yeah no i um yeah this one it's it's weird to watch a movie and be like yeah that was like my fault and i'm gonna get back to it you know i don't usually have that emotion about movies if you don't know what we're talking about I don't know why I've had this conversation with multiple people, but it feels like this happened a lot with Interstellar for people. Um, it happened with me the first time I saw it. I was like, I don't really get it. Mm-hmm. Um, I've only loved that movie more afterwards. So I've just never been so confident to say like, okay, now that I understand it and I understand like kind of its tone going back to it, I think it's going to punch harder. And that's how I felt about the Godfather too. Right. Um, right. Right. So I, still have yet to revisit that as well. Um, but yeah, no, Cameron, I'm excited to get into some stuff that's maybe less depressing, but you know, <laughs> who knows? We'll see. If we knew it about New York city, Oh geez. You know, I'm sure that brings a, there's some fun New York city to- movies for sure. Okay. Okay. Well, Cameron, any, any closing thoughts, anything else? Uh, no, I think, um, I think that's all for me. Yeah, go, I'm good too. I would, I would watch this movie personally. I would recommend yes. it to you. And be ready for it. That's all. Yeah. That's all that's our word of advice. Be ready for it except like you've you've heard the background if you haven't seen it yet or if you've already seen it maybe revisit it, right? Um you know what you're getting into at that point and you can you can pick up on a lot of the things we were talking about in this conversation. So, um thank you guys for listening and we will see you next week. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill, for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at Patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support.